Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, but now I am living in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex. I am from the Northeast part of China, and I'm speaking to you from Beijing, China. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. We are here to talk about inflation in the United States, and I guess it's affecting Europe too. So, like United States and Europe, a lot of uh, imports, like where people are importing lots of goods, these places have been very highly impacted. You know, China is a huge exporter and importer of its own goods and some a lot of international goods. We have not been affected to the same degree that the United States has. So maybe it's like. Recovery from the pandemic, like trying to get all the goods in, people were formerly not. I don't, I don't really understand logistics <laughs> or not. I'm not exactly sure the causes, but inflation is out of control, and it is a uh, 8.5 according to the most recent projections. I've got a ton of data <laughs> here. Um, but this is a this is affecting people in their daily lives, and that's I think what we really want. I want. I really want to talk about. Absolutely, it sounds like it's not a big word, but people, you know, whenever. My boyfriend likes to talk about it, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, sure, you know, economics and stuff." But it actually really, really plays an important role in your daily life. And sometimes when you do catch it, even in the slightest change, you're like, "What is happening?" For example, when I realized that the yogurt that I'm constantly buying, and it's not that crazy, the yogurt that I'm constantly buying went up one quite higher, which is about fifteen、mm. cents, one quite higher, and I was like. Hold on, something's not right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, imagine you go to the store in America right now, and everything is like something's not right. You, they have these stores. You've heard of the dollar store, right? Yeah. They have these stores called the dollar store where you can't get stuff for a dollar <laughs> because like things don't cost. You can't get a pack of gum for a dollar in the United States. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about some context. You know, people want、mm-hmm. context. So I'm looking at the data from the Balance.com U.S. inflation rate. History by year and forecast, and the last time inflation was this bad was 1982, 1983,、mm. where it was 8.5 and 9.25 percent. And but the economy was growing. Here's the is a huge difference, and it's really interesting. The economy was growing pretty fast at that point, and so people's incomes were still pretty good. And you know. Uh, like the cost of living wasn't that high, so it was like seeing a hit, but a hit that people could actually afford. The difference is now, you know, not as fast. Real、know. wages are not increasing, and so people are still making what, yeah, seven point seven dollars and twenty five cents is minimum wage and you know average median across the United States. So they can't afford to pay ten、yeah. percent more. I mean, I'm rounding up a little bit, but they can't afford to pay ten percent more for stuff because they could. People were barely scraping by. I'm not talking about everyone, but many millions, tens of millions of people. People were just living paycheck to paycheck, and now you know what are they going to do? And you know the funny thing to me is a lot of wealthy people are like, "Well, stop wasting all of your money on avocados." Um, oh, whoa! <laughs> I think yeah, they don't. I don't. I think there's a huge disconnect between people who have and don't understand, and people who were already without, and now they're going to have to find. 
other ways to like, I don't know, survive off like lentils, according to Bloomberg. This is just uh, obscene. Yeah, I mean, there is a difference between the 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 price getting higher um, than inflation, because when the price is getting higher, it could be the result of, the, like you said, in, 19, in 1982 in the United States, when the economy is growing tremendously and, you know, everything's just getting larger in scale. You're making more money. Things are getting more expensive, but you could also buy more. Um, but when the price is going super high because the currency of that country is being um, devalued, that's when that's when things just mm. don't add up anymore and things are getting more expensive and people are making the same amount of money like we said and i've always wondered i've always wondered speaking of the dollar store circling back to what mm-hmm. we just talked mm-hmm. about speaking of the dollar, i've always wondered when inflation happens or just when we pass this age where things are just getting more expensive unavoidably what is it what is a dollar store going to be called it's <laughs> a good question you know i i saw right? i saw something on twitter talking about exactly what you're talking about they're, they're these Arizona iced teas. They're these tall cans. Oh, I miss those things. <laughs> yeah, they're delicious, actually. I think I, th- I miss them, too. They're super, super sugary. But anyways, uh, they are they write 99 cents on the can. And so they to try to prevent people from yeah. charging more than that. The company's like, no, we're taking a stand. But, you know, I saw this thing on like Twitter where pe- people who are selling them are st- putting stickers over that that say two dollars a can because they want to increase their margin, you know, and they can once they buy it. It's up to them to decide what they want to charge for it. That's how capitalism works. So maybe it'll be called the two dollar store. I think that they'll just keep calling it the dollar store. It's like one of those things that'll just go down in history, you know, and it'll be like, well, that's that's it'll quaint. be a disappearance off a a phenomenon you know it's a thing in this i mean so i want to wrap myself out for not being wealthy right now because you know the last time i was living in san francisco in 2000 and i want to say 10 or 11 not exactly sure i was you know I was working for a major company, but they didn't pay me very much. And I had a master's degree. So I was like, this is not right. There's something. Why is this the job that I have? And so I was actually going to the dollar store for about, I don't know, a third of my goods because they had like canned beans and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I can just save money. I was actually losing money so bad that I had this huge book collection Mm -hmm. that I had made uh, for the previous few years. And I was actually selling really expensive books that in my collection, like the nice ones and getting like, you know, dollars. Uh, for what well, cost me thirty dollars, I was selling for three dollars, so I could go to the dollar store and buy like you know beans and stuff. And I had this, I even had this signed book, uh, Sea of Poppies. And I went in there, I was like, okay, how much can I get for this? And you know, I, this is in, people might be interested. If you have a signed copy of a book by a nominally famous author, then what they give you is the cover price. So I, the book cost, I don't know, $20. So they gave me $20 and I was like, Whoa, I'm rich $20. Woohoo. But now, I mean, that's 10 years ago and that's including all of the inflation and all of the fact that, you know, minimum wage has not gone up since I left. Yeah. And I mean, I can't imagine how people are surviving. I really can't. I mean, I, I was scraping by, I mean, really scraping by sharing. I was living, r- renting a room from another couple in a duplex and like, I was, barely paying my bills and then like now things are just astronomically worse it must be just terrible and to think that um you know people who are single like when even when you were single and you're thinking this is you know kind of hard to get by i don't know about you but when i was by myself i was like you know 
I could live uh, an easier life, a more frugal life if I want to. Mm. And I mm. used to laugh at people who were like, there's no way you can survive in New York if you're just making like, say, $2,100 per month. I was like, yes, you can. I had four roommates and I could live in New York paying, yeah, wow. paying like $875 per month for my rent. And I have all of that money left if I'm just, you know, if I plan it well, if I don't go for like big uh, dinner, big parties, whatever, I should be okay. Mm. And then, and then you get older and then you realize people have families, <laughs> you know, it's like, I didn't come from a family. I didn't have to worry about that. And you realize people have families and it's really not, it's really impossible. And it's impossible mm. for a lot of families right now. And they can't mm. just adjust their quote unquote lifestyle according to how much money they make because for them a lot of things are necessities and they can't just you know mm. live uh free of it or they could find a cheaper version because they are probably already going for the cheaper version of that thing because when the price is going up like right now in the united states it's not because there's more demand and the mm. price is being mm. it's not because of a stronger demand that's why the price is going up it's also because of the currency whether people want to admit it or not it is getting mm -hmm. a, a, a quite a lot weaker because i remember um it's 2022 this year when uh, 10 years ago when i went to the states for uh art school we were exchanging uh chinese rmb to us dollars at a uh, mm -hmm. seven point the highest was 7.3 yeah exchange rate now Sounds it's right. like 6.3 so it went oh, down. It changed a little. I think it's 6.5 as of last night. Uh, but you know, you're <laughs> right. But there's year. actually another aspect to that. In addition to what you're talking about, exchange rates or for buying international goods, there's purchasing power parity. Yeah. Now, a lot of people keep talking about, you hear Bloomberg or like CNBC, all these big names. Oh, the Chinese economy is going to pass the U.S. economy in total value for the, the for GDP for in about 2030. But actually that's, not entirely correct. If you're if you look at purchasing power parity, the Chinese economy has already passed the US because even in the domestic economy, the US dollar is worth less. You can buy less products across like, you know, a, a bread basket of different kinds of products than the yuan can buy. So according to a, a few different economists, it happened as early as 2014 or 2015 that the Chinese economy passed the U.S. economy in purchasing power parity. So mm -hmm. even though the dollar exchange rate like fluctuates and you're right that the yuan and other other yen and other currencies have passed the dollar or, or gaining on the dollar, purchasing power parity, the dollar is actually a lot weaker and a lot of that might be down to executive pay in the u.s so even as people are making less money and are able to buy less ceos are making more money than ever record profits yeah month after month year after year even now like all these big companies that are saying oh sorry it's logistics problems those CEOs are making tens of millions more than they've ever made before. And that's, that's obviously not fair. I, I have a, I have a thing for, you know, and when, when it's a huge company, companies like Amazon or, or, or Tesla or, you know, Google, Facebook, all these bigger, way bigger companies, Meta, sorry. <laughs> They're a lot more in the public side under, you know, they're under tremendous staring from hmm. the government. It's kind of hard for them to just, you know, take money and try to, you know, really, I don't want to say mistreat, but when the CEO take too much of the profit and not use it in the company's growth or its uh, employees mm. uh, benefits, it's, 
for me, I felt like it's those not, you know, what we call uh, SME, small, um, small and small and minimum and economies, but really small companies. It's those companies that mm-hmm. are in between when it comes to sizes. They are big. They're already big, but they're not, you know, mm. Meta or Tesla big. But they're definitely bigger yeah. than, you know, the your friend's startup. And those companies are hiring a lot of people. They have like at least, you know, a couple thousand employees and they sort of get away with a lot of things because mm. they're not people don't pay as much attention to them as they do to this big big the big profile companies. For me, that's that's when people like take money because sort of get away with it, and their people, their employees get paid just like we said, the, the the minimum hourly wage. I want to tell an anecdote, kind of. I have a brother. He works in construction in Nevada, and well, actually, that's not entirely true. Sorry, he works he <laughs> works in trucking and road clearance. It's very complicated, but he does. He used to do construction, and he does it as a hobby now, like on his own property and stuff. Mm. And he he's one of the people that is, we're not talking about. He's actually doing pretty well for himself. I'm proud of him. But uh, he also, you know, he buys lumber sometimes. And he's bought lumber his whole life since he was like, you know, in my dad's truck at 10 years old going to watch dad work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that a sheet of plywood, standard plywood was, you know, a few years ago, about 18 or $22. Mm-hmm. And then there was a time about a year ago or six months ago where a sheet of plywood was $120. And then it came back down. Now it's about So like, you know, we're talking about the median increase in prices across the board, but some things are way out of control. So maybe, I don't know, lentils apparently still affordable, (laughs) according to Bloomberg, but you know, other things are like prohibitively expensive. So he's actually thinking about retooling the way he works because he wants to build a greenhouse. Mm. Maybe he's going to use other materials because wood has become, you know, inaccessible to most people. One sheet of plywood, $40 is a, is a very, very high amount for a sheet of plywood. Mm. But you know, that is not. So what I'm thinking about is like at the grocery store, what things cost what, but before we get to that, I wanted to actually talk about uh, minimum wage. This is January 1st, 2022, because I don't want people to think we're making this stuff up. <laughs> uh, this is from Statistica dot com statistics minimum wage by state some states the minimum wage wyoming and georgia is five dollars and 15 cents yeah i i was really kind of shocked when i i saw that I, I i don't know how they survive in wyoming and georgia or like you know what the conditions are but you know there are the obviously there's the opposite mm. of that so you have the district of columbia and California have fifteen dollars uh, minimum wage, so I don't want to misrepresent it. We're going to go both sides, but yeah. you know, I think most people are making about uh, seven twenty-five. Looks like Texas, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Kansas, New Hampshire, on and on and on, seven twenty-five. So it's a, it's not really rising unless you're living in uh, District of Columbia and California, which are really expensive, <laughs> by the way, places to live. So that is oh, that is true. Yeah. That is true. And I was New, thinking New York is thirteen twenty. So just for your context, for you. Oh, so it still has hasn't gone up that much yet because i remember when i was there people were fighting for a raise a minimum wage and they were going from 11 25 so they went up to 13 okay i have eight more. new york new york is expensive 13 dollars doesn't seem like you're cutting it you, you know, know when um when we were i used to work in the indie film and when i was in new york when i was in film school and doing all these stuff and we constantly have to hire people to work as uh what we call them production assistants to work on set 
and people are always posting and they're like, oh yeah, this is a paid gig. Uh, we're looking for experienced production assistants and we're offering $125 per day. And people are like, oh, well, you know, if you divide about eight hours, it's not that bad. But people, what, what people fail to remember is when you work on a film mm. set, it's very, very rarely when you only have to work eight hours. Mm, you, mm, you could mm. argue, you could argue union workers, but if you're union workers, you wouldn't be taking these gigs. So when you take these gigs, you would be working for at least 10 hours that day mm. and so if you do the math you're getting like same thing like 12 dollars. it's not that great it's not that much money for new york that'll last you like food wise maybe three four days tops if you if you're if you're good mm. at planning your meal well, i mean you have to think about rent clothes i guess maybe you're exactly we're not even talking about all of that contribute maybe you have student loans especially if new, new you're in new york right you're probably very educated so you probably have student loans which is another problem which i like to bring up 45 million americans suffering from six and seven percent interest rates on student loans that they took out 20 years ago people are going on twitter and talking about how they're going to die with their student loans people can't save for retirement people can't pay their medical bills people can't you know do anything uh, save have a vacation take a break uh buy nicer clothes like student loans are crippling people obviously medical debt Medical debt, medical debt is a big problem too. And, you know, politicians seem to be like, oh, we solved that problem, you know, 10 years ago because we made everyone buy insurance. Ah, uh, doesn't work that way. We always joke about it when we're in the US. We're like, what kind of medical insurance are you on? We're, we're like, we're on the Walgreens insurance. We're on the, you know, we're on the, what's the other one? Um, the CVS insurance, which means we just go there and go to the drugstore and buy whatever we feel like we need to take. The thing about it is, if you're in the lowest income brackets and you have, forced to buy insurance by the government because they're that's their solution then you're buying the cheapest uh insurance which means you have like 500 dollar co-pays so if you like you know needs something done anything done you have a five if you were making you know uh let's say 725 let's say ten dollars an hour and you're barely paying your bills living in new york and then you have a 500 dollar copay for something you can't go to the doctor because you can't afford your copay so Making people buy insurance as opposed to having universal single payer insurance is not a solution. You're essentially making people pay more for something that they still can't access. So they've actually crippled people like, uh, you know, financially worse than they were before, because now they have to pay for something that they can't access. That's laughing at them when they look at the copay. It's almost like, oh, hey, we see a problem that the people have. And let's see how we can sort of solve that problem but in the process really really bring up an entire industry called medical <laughs> insurance and make sure these people are getting really rich off of it i'm gonna rent please do um again on the <laughs> not on medical insurance on my mm. dear bank of america <laughs> i got an email the other day again and they're like basically i'm paraphrasing but basically they're like oh my god amazing news we are gonna try not to take the money that doesn't exist in your account anymore if you enroll in this service <laughs> like you're not supposed to take money that doesn't exist in my account anyways and they're like we will help you uh we'll reduce the most like infuriating line in there was we will reduce the overdraft fee from $35 to $12. I was like, oh, wow. Thank you. Like, <laughs> and then they go, and then they go, we will make sure that no more than two transactions that are, uh, that will be overdrafting your account could happen per day. I was like, two per day, be, per day. It yeah. Wow. It should be, I'm like, 
it should be, I am so close to customer. Like, it should be no transactions if I don't have the money in my account. What are you taking? Where are you taking the money? And I'm just like, you keep saying, you keep taking that $12 monthly fee because I don't have enough money in my account. And you keep taking more mm. money away from me. So I was like, I'm really, I'm just like, so what if I just don't pay that money back? Like I've paid close to 2000 Kwai for the past two uh, years because I don't have any. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. And it's hard for me to get the call. Um, I have to call an international hotline trying to close my account. And, and it, like, it never got through. And it always has to be like either super late or really Really early in the morning because they only work in their business mm. hours so i tried and, and and didn't work and i still haven't successfully closed my account and i'm just like this is annoying beyond comprehension okay that's my that's my rent <laughs> you're reminding me i want to come back around to that it's i don't think it's a scene enough it's not given the attention that it needs you know people who did not listen to our show a few shows back they may not be aware that in China, if you have, I don't know, 10 RMB in your bank account, you try to buy something that costs 15 RMB, it's going to say, exactly. you can't make this transaction. So there is no overdraft. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. And this is what how banks get away with it in the US. And it, you're reminding me one of the reasons I don't yeah. live there. <laughs> in the United States, if you withdraw money or if you use your ATM card or debit card or whatever, sometimes your bank account is not updated for 24 or 36 hours or whatever. So it doesn't so you or maybe even 48 hours so you don't know if unless you're really careful you're one of those like people with a little pocketbook and you're writing down everything you may not be aware that you've already spent the money and you know so a lot of young irresponsible people or less responsible people will spend more money than they have accidentally because the bank doesn't update that yeah this is weird in an age with 5g technology where i can use my phone to turn the air conditioner and change the tv so like in china if you spend money, you know, it takes one second before your account is updated. So as soon as you spend the money, your bank account knows you spent the money and is telling you this is how much money you have accurately. The reason the U.S. banks don't update your bank account is to trick you into spending money. Because they're doing Yes, exactly. Shady. They're trying <laughs> to rip you off. So like these, I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand. It's okay. I guess I do understand because senators on both sides of the aisle mm. don't do something about this. It's because they're being given campaign contributions. It's ludicrous. It's, it, and that's, we've talked about this before as well. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Think about someone mm. who doesn't even have the time to just sit on their phone and checking their mobile banking account all the time, mm. not knowing mm. that they're just taking money away from you. Like I'm getting, finally getting that email because I don't know, I'm having like very low funds in my account and I'm not using it. There's no active transactions happening. But imagine mm. people who are having money coming in, going, come in and out, in and out, because they're constantly making money barely just to keep ends meet. And they have to, mm. you know, work mm. all the time before they know it, without them realizing it, the money that they just put in the bank account could just been taken because they're like, oh yeah, transactions happened or we have to take fees or, or, or there's an overdrafty of $35 mm. and there's like 10 transactions that happen. So that's $350. How does, how does it make sense in the world? And, and then you're making this person who's already struggling, having to go through this, this, this kind of, this brings me to, um, uh, this thing that I read on, um, 
this index called the misery mm. index. I don't know if you read about it. Mm. The misery no. index is related to inflation. Did you say mis- misery? Index? Misery, yeah, a misery wow. index. <laughs> That's it's, terrible. Right? Sometimes I'm like, it must be fun to be an economist because you just sit around and <laughs> creating these terms. Well, but misery index is not fun because it is basically the result of um, the inflation rate divided by the unemployment rates. Mm. So mm. if there's inflation, basically, if there's inflation, but people are not losing their jobs because of that or because of other, you know, socioeconomical reasons, then the misery index is not that high, which is fine. That keeps other, you know, financial economical factors in the society's in the society relatively more stable. But if the inflation, sorry, if the if the uh, unemployment rate is going up, then the the misery index is getting really really small, really really you know uh, high, mm. like we say as we, as we say, and that's um. That's what America is going through right now. Like, mm. even though, even though the unemployment rate is going down a little bit as the pandemic kind of smooths over, but the 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 uh, inflation is going up so much, it keeps the index still high. So, well, an aspect of that is interesting because um, the White House keeps coming out. Oh, everything's fine. The economy is stronger than ever, even though there are all these other like uh, indices that show that it's not doing well. And one of the things they keep pointing to is the low in unemployment rate. Well, you know, what is not being pointed out uh, is that the unemployment rate is affected by people looking for employment actively. So we already did a show recently about mm-hmm. people who are not looking to enter the workforce they're because they're retiring early because the economy is out of control or because they're leaving the country or because young people millennials and gen z are like these working conditions are not acceptable so i'm just going to stop looking mm-hmm. so these people who are not looking for jobs anymore at all ages for different reasons and different con- circumstances and different conditions are m- causing the unemployment rate to look yeah very favorable and that may not not be an accurate representation of the economy. And so the one thing that politicians who are in power at this point are pointing to is being a positive thing about what's going on in the US economy, basically one of the only things and that thing is be, is completely divorced from the reality that people are not looking for jobs because the jobs are not favorable. No one wants to work at Denny's being yelled at because of whatever reason, drunk people at Denny's. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to act out a lot of the scenarios we're trying to describe. So I have a, an article here. It's by yourweb.com. That's E-U-R-W-E-B.com. And it, it was written this year, February, the end towards the end of February, called Breaking Down Inflation's Impact on Consumer Behavior. Mm. Written by Alexandra Pastore or Pastor, I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyways, one, some of the things that are, are pointed out here are that consumer spending habits are obviously dramatically change. So this is going to what's going to happen is it's kind of like a disruptive act because people are not able to buy things. 38% of consumers say that they're purchasing less apparel. 29% say they're purchasing fewer beauty products. So what's interesting is there's this we were talking about right at the beginning of the show is is this too much money chasing too few goods, you know, and maybe it's not because if 38% of consumers are purchasing less apparel, then why is apparel becoming more expensive? Again, does this go back to just corporate gouging? Like, what are the factors that are playing in 
to cause purchase like products to increase in value when people because their money is not going as far are actually buying less things 20% 27% of US consumers are p- purchasing fewer alcoholic beverages maybe that's good i don't know <laughs> <For> <laughs> stability. Depend, it depends on your outlook depends on your yeah. outlook um but you know like people are buying less 40 percent of consumers said that they are only buying with brands that align with their values and so this is a, a yes with your generation <laughs> millennials and gen z 53 percent and 46 percent are are uh buying things only from like certain kinds of venues. So I think that what's going on in the economy in the US is really nuanced and really complicated. But it's not just everyone's trying to buy an Xbox or something. I I probably sound so dated for saying that. I don't even know what the new thing is. PS5, PS5, (laughs) PS5, yes, obviously, PS5. You knew that before I I told you, I know. Yes, I was seeing if you knew. Oh, oh, thank you. I hope it passed the test. (laughs) You did very well. Good job. Thank you, thank you. I know that you're paying attention. Anyway, so people are buying less stuff, but things are still increasing in cost. So and people are buying along with their values. It's a really complicated economy. And I think that maybe a lot of economists are retooling right now because it's difficult to understand what's going on. I know. The the thing is, there's a lot of awareness that's happening in the U.S., which is good. And I do want to acknowledge that, you know, the whole B Corp movement. um, Well, it's not a movement, but the B Corp certification. And with a lot. What is a B? Be cool. So, okay. Uh, Time to show off my little knowledge of something that I didn't know. There we go. So, (laughs) sorry. Okay. So, B Corp, it is, um, it's it's a third party uh, certification uh, organization, basically, for companies that want to show, now want to be certified as a B Corp. um, It means that the owner of this company is trying to make sure that. Um, it's the company is sustainability, you know, is friendly mm. to sustainability and friendly to the environment, friendly to all of their stakeholders, not just, you know, the their their uh, customers. We hear about companies, big corporates having their CSR department, which is uh, corporate social responsibility development uh, department. And they do, you know, they do some charity work here and there. They try to participate in campaigns that are related to uh, environmental protection or, you know, any other sustainability related events, campaigns, you know, uh, uh, foundations and stuff. But that's only part of their budget that needs to be not examined, but part of their budget that the profit that they make from the public is being returned to the public. And there's a portion of that every year for the corporates to do that to make sure their brand is still in good standing with what the public is realizing more and more by the day. But B Corp mm. takes that a few steps further. Um, when you are getting certified as a B Corp, there's a very, you know, a strict process that you have to go through and, you know, really strict standard you have to, 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 to meet. It's from the idea of your product to its designing to the manufacturers, anything upstream, downstream, uh, people that are buying your products, people that are working with you, people that you are working with everything in the entire uh, chain of production has to Mm. be, you know, environmentally friendly, uh, eco-friendly, all of that. And then there's a 
whole thick stack of papers of standards that you have to meet. Mm. And so there's a lot of companies that are doing that. And it started with more small, medium uh, businesses. It It's gotten to mm-hmm. bigger companies like Patagonia um, and Dannon, the food company, you know, that makes one of my favorite uh, cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of bigger companies are starting <laughs> to do that. Blue Bottles, they're, they're, they're um, a B Corp. So there are a lot of other you know, movements or or uh, organizations, institutions trying to make sure that business are doing business for good. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. for they. We're not going to inquire, like, or at least not bad. Yeah, like we're not going to. You know, I don't think it's very practical or say like you're you're corporate, and we know corporate does a lot of you know, not evil, <laughs> but it's money or it's money oriented. But I can't just be like. Hey, Amazon, stop making money and just go and do charity. Instead, we're like, hey, we're going to try to put you under the scrutiny where you could really incorporate that as your into your entire mm-hmm. business model. And, you know, and we build that as a community. So you don't really lose anything. It might seem like you're paying higher price, but you get more brand loyalty from people in the B Corp community. And that's what that's how they build the whole process. That's the end of my mm-hmm. showing off of the knowledge. But I was just trying to say that there are a lot of awareness that's going on in the United States, which is really, really good. But at the same time, the fact that inflation rate is pretty high right now in the United States almost doesn't match with what people are trying to do you know it's not like you know people are like like you said i want to buy only from uh b corp certified businesses that's fine but i'm just like at some point when when inflation rate is affecting uh affecting everybody not just those ones that are trying to not care about the environment not trying to care about sustainability you know, when the rate is high enough for you to not afford, for you to not be able to afford things that you think are socially responsible or meets the requirement of your awareness, what do you do then? Mm, Like I mm. am sitting here and I'm looking forward, looking ahead, maybe five years. And I feel like I see that day coming. And what do you do then? Do you still abide by your awareness? Do you still abide by the only shops or brands that you're purchasing from? And when that happens, what's going to come? What What is it going to come down to? Like, you mm. can't really think for the good anymore because you have to, you have to, you have to survive. Exactly. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it is. It's extremely complicated. I mean, I'm thinking in my head, if you're like a, a single mom with three kids and you're working you know, one job and another part time job, and maybe doing a, a quote unquote side hustle, like, is it really possible for you to like, then have time to find out that something is like environmentally sound or doesn't take advantage of people in a developing country? So like, I think pro- my own feeling is maybe young people are just very different from my own generation. But Mm-hmm. people working in my generation, I assume who, who are, you know, in the bottom 50% of uh, in- income earners, they're probably not as able and capable of participating in such an endeavor Yeah, because you know, yeah, <laughs> the reality on the ground. Yeah. That's why sometimes people are like, Oh, if you don't participate, you're a culprit. I'm like, mm, no, they might just really not have the luxury to participate. So c- cut people some slack. please. <laughs> Here's the thing about the Bloomberg thing that really upsets me when, you know, let them eat lentils um, <laughs> is that, you know, how long lentils take to cook. If you're working a job and a part time job, you don't have time to put a crock pot on for like 
24 hours before you even start the process of cooking them in a, a flavorful way. It takes a lot of time and investment. But no one's yeah. saying, if you can't just leave a crock pot on and go to work, that's a fire hazard. I'll so, go to work and I'll let my six year old watch the crock yes. pot. And, you know. It's crazy. So lentils are actually expensive if you really think about it, because it takes a lot of time <laughs> being home to cook lentils yeah and i've had i've had both like really well seasoned lentil soup and really really horribly made lentil soup that is the blandest <laughs> thing you can imagine in this world and i'm like you have to be almost like a gourmet you have to enjoy cooking lentils when you're cumin, cooking lentils to actually eat it and cumin, it'll taste like food cumin and paprika cumin and paprika oh really okay that's my I, thing I don't, I don't even know what lentils are called in chinese i have to look it up and maybe i'll cook lentil soup and I do not understand international currency exchange as well as I would like to. You know, I think I'd probably have to go get a master's degree in economics for that. And I'd probably have to study two or three years math just to get into an uh, economics program. And they'd be, otherwise, they'd just be like, what? Like, you don't even understand calculus? <laughs> but anyways, I want to talk a little bit about it. So the dollar and is it sound? I recently read that Vietnam has de-dollarized. I don't know if that's a word. So I, I, I wrote it down with a hyphen from my in my notes. Yeah. Um, but they have basically removed most of the dollars from their economy, like more than 90%. And they use other denominations in international transactions. And I know right now because of the, uh, you know, the war in Europe, that a lot of other institutions have switched off of the dollar and like insisted on doing conducting transactions in other currencies. So it seems like there is a movement towards de-dollarization. And, you know, I'm I'm asking and also, you know, I I know eyebrows raised confused. Is this going to negatively impact the dollar or domestically for like domestic consumers? Uh, in any way in the future or is this going to so for an american they want to buy something that's made in another country is this going to negatively impact their ability to make purchases and add to things like inflation or the difficulty of living i don't want to get too much into politics um and i, I don't want to you know i try to not mm-hmm. be a conspiracy theorist <laughs> um, <laughs> um but you know when when domestic economy isn't doing too well in history let's say m- most of the government most of the regimes would seek unstable factors outside of their country to either justify or or distract uh, domestic mm-hmm. market away from do, I mean domestic public's uh, attention away from the fact that the economy is not doing well and mm-hmm. war is always and I want to this is you know without picking side or whatever war is never the answer it really isn't it's always been pushing the, the world economy back like by decades if not more um it's only mm. it's usually when one or few countries are trying to seek that kind of either distraction or justification and you know they start war or they instigate war and at the end of the day the only people that suffer were the people that are already living in misery because of the economy not doing so well so mm. just don't like i don't like condemn anyone do whatever that's necessary but i i sincerely hope no one is just staying staying especially when you're honestly if you're staying at home and you're like yeah go a country go fight b country to b country go fight a country and we should you know no unless you're trying to go there then i give you some respect but if not let's let's just try to solve economic problems in economic ways if possible um but de-dollarization it, it, you know the reason why i'm saying this is if did if uh the US dollar gets, you know, not dethroned, but if countries that are using it as one of their official currencies stops using it, it brings 
down the value of the U.S. dollars by a, a huge amount. And when that happens, like I said earlier in the episode, that's actually, of course, there are different schools of thoughts when it comes to the reason for um, inflation. But that actually is a huge factor for a world currency like the U.S. dollars. No other currency is as you know uh, strong or is, is used in as many countries as the U.S. dollar. And when a country says we're not going to use a, use U.S. dollar as a currency anymore, it brings down the value so much that it's going to reflect in the domestic mm-hmm. market price. Like people are going to see rise because the whole I can't figure out the mechanisms of the whole like currency exchange. Yeah, it's rate. complicated. It's very complicated. But one thing I do know is that when you stop when this dollar when this currency's stops existing in another country there's a lot of money lost from having that their presence in that country using that as either an exchange currency or a trading currency which a lot of people do and when that money is lost it has to come back somewhere else otherwise the whole dollar system is going to collapse and that's disastrous so the quickest way is to raise the 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 price i want to kind of shift around because you know i sometimes think the dollar is going to collapse and i've been thinking that it never seems to happen i want to talk really briefly um about china uh or i maybe because i think a lot of our listeners we're living in china and you know Mm. a lot of our american listeners are like suffering under these you know brutal conditions because of like lots of lots of different factors but uh, you know uh, uh real estate really quickly really quickly about about china so bloomberg just went off for the last four months or so like oh the chinese real estate economy is going to collapse and it's oh everything is you know it was really like article after article after article uh, and then that all that cnbc too and then oh i just read like last week bloomberg is like oh looks like everything's rosy again and i, <laughs> I was i'm like oh okay uh right uh yeah bloomberg Anyways, um, I wanted this reminded me of Gordon Chang. He wrote this book in uh, 21 years ago called The Coming Collapse of China. Mm. Uh, (laughs) So uh, 21 years, buddy. It doesn't look like you really had that guess. I also looked it up. There have been something like 100 times the Chinese economy was supposed to collapse since 1991, according to various economists. Mm. And so... um, Everything seems really nice here. So my question is, do you know, you know, I'm actually like, wow, China's economy is like roaring as well as it ever has. Life is great. People are outside with their brand new cell phones and their nice clothes, buying dinner out. Everything's amazing. So do you notice inflation in China? Because I certainly don't. I mean, do I see price getting higher? Of course. Do you? I mean, I don't. My coffee is the same cost. My food is the same cost. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. Order Starbucks every day. Oh, which reminds me, I need to do that. Um, I order Starbucks every day, <laughs> and the price stock stock of Starbucks. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they they are getting higher, but what I'm trying to say is maybe a lot of people are not thinking. Oh my God, this is so much so much more expensive because, like we said, it's still within your purchasing capability. Mm. You are still able to buy it. It mm. doesn't, you know, the percentage of how much that is in the total wage that you're making is not changing. So it's not mm. that crazy you know if you're if something for example when i was in college 10 years ago uh, over 10 years ago um dampings are like you could it's like 3.5 <laughs> quad for a damping right and you're like oh my god that's mm, that's mm. so cheap nowadays dampings are you know 
10 quad. Oh my gosh, a whole dollar fifty. I know. Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> but I'm also making money. Like I wasn't making money in college. And I was like, okay, mm. with a 3.5 quad Jimmy, not making money. It's a 10 quad Jimmy. I'll deal with what it. What is a Jinbing for some of our listeners? Oh, I'm that? sorry. So Jinbing is like the savory version of uh like a French crepe. Is that how you pronounce mm. that word? I never know. I just yes. go crepe. That's how I pronounce it. I mean, maybe that's wrong. Crepe, but um, there's some person from France listening is like, oh my god, they've ruined my language. But I think it's, it's okay. Fine. We ruin each other's <laughs> languages. That's it's world trend is fine (laughs) you call her stuff one ton and it's not and but you know um anyways it's like it's like a savory version of a french crepe and it has this um the fried uh crisp inside and the 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 skin or the wrap is just made of uh either millets uh what do you call that um oh my god what do you call that like the pancake uh, pancake batter <laughs> um uh, the pancake batter it, it, it's kind of like the pancake batter but it's not sweet it's savory it has this you know fermented bean soy uh, bean sauce and uh, scallions or cilantro to your to your liking and a little bit of spicy and this uh, crisp inside and they wrap it up and it's like easy to hold in your hand and it's so good people always buy it fresh because it takes like a really skilled uh person mm. maybe mm. 45 seconds to make one this is the giant hot plate thing where they wrap it it's like a little burrito made out of the that that's a little different that's so jobbing this is the one where they this is wow. this is the one wow. where this is breakfast food yes breakfast yeah food? super popular breakfast food because it's so it's so satisfying it's very hearty in the morning it's hot we like if you haven't learned we chinese people like hot stuff okay like hot water hot food i know <laughs> so it's the one where they pour a little bit a little bit of batter on this big plot uh big hmm. uh flat iron pan not a pan but you know a skillet yeah it's flat it's it's yeah it's like a flat skillet. and then they spin it they push it out with this little thing to the to the rim of the uh the skillet and they put the crisp inside and they fold the four sides of the the skin around the the crisp and then they cut it and they fold it so it's flat it's like at the end it's like you're holding like a tiny folded sheet of mm. amazing gourmet stuff in your hand you know my wife buys this all the time like every time not all the time every time we see someone selling it she's like i have to have that and we have so whatever we were doing wherever we were going whatever our schedule was stops and uh, we have to it's the magic of china pause reality and so she can go buy one of these she is doing the right thing jason <laughs> I, i've had one or a couple times so it's it's good and stuff um, but like she, she can't help herself oh 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 oh! it's amazing okay it's, it's am- amazing <laughs> thank you thank you let's 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 put that on record i don't know it, it tastes like a mcdonald's breakfast to me kind of like oh yeah the, i mean it's not like like that what I, it's not the same what i mean is it's it's hearty and it's savory and it's like got oil and you're like yay and i feel filled up Mm. by it but i'm not like i must have one you know like Mm. my wife is like time stops and like you know if there were birds they just pause in the air (laughs) 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 because she knows she knows she knows what's good jason I want to talk really briefly about Andrew Young. I know we're not, I don't want to get political. I don't want to talk about should we yeah. vote for him or not or the, whether his policies are good or not. But he recently uh, said that 
sending out these blank checks during the pandemic did not contribute to inflation because a lot of people are like, well, if they just send checks to people, what do they expect to happen? And then a lot of economists talk about too much money chasing too few goods. And so this policy of giving Americans money to just spend when they were, you know, in crisis situation is, is one of the things that a lot of people are pointing to as causing the current I guess, crises in inflation. And so uh, I wanted to get your take on that. Do you think that the checks are one of the, or a contributing factor, or are they just, you know, minor and insignificant? What do you think? I mean, first off, I never felt like that was a good idea. Not that (laughs) (laughs) the timing was just super off. (laughs) Look, when everybody was, when everything was shutting down, people were looking for ways to survive. This is like, I put you on a deserted island and I'm like, oh, hey, what do you need to survive? Uh, uh, a, a knife, uh, a torch, oh, and $1,500. <laughs> Quite seriously, it was like that for me, especially when people are like, the, you know, the result people are seeing is that they are running out of money or they're, you know, losing jobs and stuff. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done that. You know, having that $1,500, tw- sorry, $1,200 is better than not mm. having anything at all. Because we know a lot of people mm-hmm, are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. forced to work without medical insurance and being exposed to the risk of being infected. So mm. I guess something is better than nothing. But that money, that amount of money given out without anything purchased, in being, basically the government spent a lot of money and bought nothing. And that brings down i think that's i could be wrong and if you're listening and if if this is wrong please do feel free to let us know because we're not an economist oh economists disagree with each other i don't know if they know what's right and wrong necessarily i am doing this calculation based on my knowledge of how uh inflation works in high school and that's that's dated history so it could be completely wrong so don't blame me i'm not making decisions for anybody but <laughs> when the government spends such a huge amount of money that didn't exist in this in mm, their mm, fiscal mm. budget yeah um it creates a huge hole uh it yeah. really it, it really does and then this these are the dollars that are printed it's like when government starts printing more mm-hmm, dollars mm-hmm. more 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 money um because there's a shortage in the in the market that's usually the start of inflation that's how it always mm-hmm. happens like when mm-hmm. uh, i think the you know when i think that was uh the end of the 1920s when there's huge inflation um the world economic crisis <clears throat> sorry the great depression before the great depression mm-hmm. And that's what happened as well. Like the, there's so much more, there's so much more currency, like notes, physical notes being flowing around and yeah, yeah, prices yeah. so high. People would show up in bags of money buying just a jar of milk. And then when the milk, right. And when the milk is, um, <laughs> when, when people couldn't afford the price of milk, you know, you know, milk, uh, business they have to they they rather dump the milk in the river than actually selling it because they're not making any money wow. off of it it's just too high for them it's too high for the customers because there's way too much money that are being you know sent out to the to the market trying to make people feel like they still have more money but it really doesn't it's, it's hurting both ends of the business transactions and that's how inflation happens is how instability start to start to brew. Yeah, I think we're going to definitely be hearing from some economists. So don't forget to we're not at the end of the show, but I just (laughs) don't forget to leave your comments below. Um, But the last question I really wanted to go over and discuss is America Mm. and China. So Chinese people obviously over here, folks living in China, 
including myself. I'm not Chinese, but uh, <laughs> I want to just put that oh, out I there. Um, I couldn't see. I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, like I think things are fine for me. Nothing has changed for me. Like I don't mm. feel like things are more expensive. I don't notice it. Last bullet point is what do Chinese people think about the economy in the U.S.? Do pe- Are people aware that inflation is going up? That are people aware that homelessness is increasing? Are people aware that people can't pay their medical debts and the student loans? Is, <laughs> is this even being talked about? Is it even an issue do you hear about this in the news do you hear about this from your friends or is this just something that americans are dealing with i feel like this is something that is so interesting for people because i have i have uh friends you know i met my american friends here who talk to chinese people and they discuss issues like this in great length and then Mm. it kind of gives them an illusion that chinese people really care about these things i'm like well we know because we were there mm, and mm. we read English media. Mm. We, we talk to people, talk to our friends from those countries when they complain about their issues. Yes, we're aware. But the majority of Chinese people, like if they read something and they think, oh, wow, you know, homelessness is a huge issue in the United States. Oh, that's wow. That site is mm, horrible. Mm. You know, when they see the tents and stuff and then they go back to their lives, like the majority of Chinese people don't seem to like bother themselves overly with what's happening in another Mm -hmm. country and i feel like it's because we know like a lot of us kind of know that it is a lot of work running a huge machine um where you have to take care of like 1.5 billion people Mm -hmm. or like the u.s Mm -hmm. where you have to take care of like 400 million people and so there's just a lot of other things i guess when you're super down earth and i'm not saying that you shouldn't care about you know uh miss you know misfortunes happening in other parts of the world outside of the border of your country but a lot of people are like when i do know it fine but i do have my own i do have my own life to take care of like i want to make sure i'm living well my family my people are living well and then i'm doing whatever i can to help my country to to grow and stuff Mm, they're not mm, going mm. to just put down everything they're doing and suddenly become an advocate for (laughs) save the americans (laughs) yeah exactly so i have never heard for example i've never heard my parents or my friends who don't speak English talk about, you know, homelessness in in, mm-hmm. in America mm-hmm. or student loan problems in America. Yeah, I only talk about it very, even for me, very occasionally with my friends who either also lived in the U.S. or who are from the U.S. And only if like an uh, a story of a person that they know that comes up, that's when we would talk about that issue. But I t- I try not to stay on that issue, or it's just not in the person that I am, you know, growing up in China, we're like, right. Well, there's also, if you want to talk about injustice, certainly there are a lot of other places that are in a much greater need. If the United States as a, you know, an entity really wanted to take care of the situation, it certainly does have the financial ability to do so. So when, you know, you were thinking about like, there's a water shortage problem in Senegal, you know, like, and China's actually building wells there and infrastructure. That's like a much bigger deal because, you know, (laughs) Americans are like, oh gosh, you know, I have to go to the dollar store and pay for a dollar fifty. <laughs> We're out of time, um, so we are totally out of time. So, always great pleasure having you on the show, and I, I hope our fans are also looking forward to you and I rejoining them soon. Likewise, lovely talking to you every time, Jason. Bye bye. Bye bye.